Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. Hi, it's me, Dr. Fuck, and I'm with... Oh, yeah! Mr. Ian Wadley, and it is Friday night, and he is extremely drunk. Extremely. And, extremely uh, drunk. We're going to do some news here, and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, is, uh, what I'm going to say is I'm going to, I'm the one that's doing the news, and Ian's going to rebut. There we go. Uh, but before we go into the news, I got to tell you what I did yesterday. What you did? I flew to New York. Ah, oh, for a concert. And then today, the next day, I flew back. <laughs> did you get Did you get laid in New York City? No, I did not. Um, I was there like less than 24 hours. Not a lot of people can say that. And you know what? I'm repeating it next month. I'm flying on a Thursday to Milwaukee, and I'm flying back the very next day. Because uh, uh, I think I mentioned this. So we are touring Australia, and before all... Uh, I've gotten so many messages from people in Australia. What cities? What cities? Look, I don't know. When, it, when I know, I'll announce it, but it's being worked on. All I can tell you is that one date I know for sure will be in New Zealand. But uh, from here... But, go ahead. I was going to say, New, New Zealand, that's a whole other continent, though, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm ge- geographically retarded. Right, I, I, I believe that's a different continent. Well, I know and it's I've, a different continent, but I don't know. It may be close to there. It right, 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 right. No, no, I believe that. But, I mean, if, you, if you're going to Australia, I think there's only two cities anyway. Right. So, uh, my point is, is uh, uh, I went, I did this, and from here to there, I really got to, like, work on not taking days off where I'm going to have to take days off for the California for, for King Diamond, for the pod fest. But uh, as far as yesterday, I didn't have to take a day off. Uh, how it all transpired was the drummer for uh, the defunct combat, which will continue, but under a different name. Um, told whoa, me- whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the press. So it's, it's gonna be combat, but under another name? Yeah, and we are gonna re-record some of the songs that we record on the EP and we're going to record some of the songs we wrote for our future album. I mean, I mean, there's one song called Dismay that's so good that it has to be recorded. It's probably the best thing I ever did. But um, he, uh, I was hanging out with him like uh, a month or so ago and he told me, oh, I'm going to go see Saxon and UFO in New York. And the first thing I said was, what days of the week is it? What day of the week? And he said, they're playing Wednesday and Thursday. I said, I'll be at the Thursday show, for sure. So uh, I bought my ticket. I flew to New York. Yesterday, I got there about 2 in the afternoon. Uh, hung out with my great friend Eve. and uh, I love her. Yeah, I love her too. And But she didn't buy a ticket, and it was sold out. Oh. So, yeah, so I got to hang out with her all day, though. And then later in the day, she directed me to a uh, subway and told me where to get off. I got off and I met uh, my friend Carlos Guti. I love that guy. 
And uh, he, um, I met up with him, and from there we took the train to uh, Times Square, BB uh, Kings. And uh, the opening band, I can't remember the name of, of who it was, but it was great. Whoever, whatever, uh, let me look it up. Uh, the guy was good. Um, kind of like a Ted Nugent-ish type music. Uh, I'll tell you his name right now. Maybe you've heard of him. I don't know. But he was good. And, and and stupid enough, I saw him and I didn't go up to him, which I should, because I'm such a like, you know, fanboy that if I like you, I gotta get a picture with you. Uh, his name is. I'm looking. I'm looking. Oh, that's just part of. His name is Jar James Nichols. You ever heard of him? No. Okay, I gotta look into his stuff because it was good, you know, and uh, you know, he rocked. It was rocking, and. Um, and then Saxon came out, and you know I haven't seen Saxon since they opened for Triumph in '81 or '82 on a Denim and Leather tour. So, you know Saxon is a band that never plays South Florida. So, fuck it, I'm going to them. So I finally got to see Saxon. UFO, I wouldn't have flown over there to see it because as much as I love UFO, I saw UFO like two years ago. But you know Saxon was my main motivation. Well, but, well who who headlined? Well. Technically, UFO closed the set, but they both played 90 minutes each. Oh, that's horseshit. But, um, well, that's horseshit to you. But, yes. uh, yeah, Saxon was great. The only complaint I have, but, you know, this is a complaint you can say about a million bands. They have too many good songs that you're not going to hear all of them. But what they did that was interesting, what Biff did interesting, he had the people vote. And he said, okay... I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys what you what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear uh, fucking uh, heavy metal thunder? The place went crazy. I was. I wanted to hear heavy metal thunder. Do you want to hear motorcycle man? I was like, ooh, I love that song. But if I had a pick, I'd go with heavy metal thunder. But you know, I won't complain if he did that. Or twenty thousand feet. And I was like, oh fuck, I love that one too. But motorcycle man won. So they didn't play. Wow. Yeah, they didn't play Heavy Metal Thunder, which is my complaint, because after um, after they played Motorcycle Man, they went right into 20,000 feet. So I was happy that they played that. Uh, they played Never Surrender, which is a song that was not on the tour, uh, which is great. It was, they, they threw out, like, you know, it, um, but they don't do the same set list all the time, as Biff said, because he, he throws out song titles. He did it later on too. To uh, you want to hear Broken Heroes? You want to hear 747? You want to hear this and that? You know, 747 one down. Uh, you know, and they played shit like you know I've never seen him play like you know Battling Ram obviously, Sacrifice, Crusader, you know Power and the Glory, you know, and uh, oh it was amazing. And you know what was very amazing was how energetic that Biff guy is, man. Still, oh, yeah. still head banging and he had swirling his head. He was into it, and he was great. He was funny. He was into it. He loved the crowd. Uh, it was awesome. So then after they played, uh, Alex Marquez wanted me to buy him a shirt, and you know he's a big boy. It's a double XL, and the only double XL they had was the Crusader shirt, which was white. So I was like, you know, I, I text them, dude. They only have double XL Crusader white. Oh yeah, I'll take it. I said, okay, cool. So I bought him one. I bought myself one. 
then you know UFO he wanted a UFO shirt they didn't have any size at all oh and also the other Saxon shirts they had none in large or extra large because I'll, I'll wear an extra large it's baggy on me now but I'll still wear it but uh no large I was like fuck and they had a battering ram shirt they had a cool like the eagle shirt and this and that. anyway while that was going on who goes walking by me fucking Biff and I was like holy shit there's Biff so I ran after him. I go, Biff, Biff, can I get a picture? Sure, sure. And I go, man, I came all the way from fucking Miami. He's like, really? Wow. You know, I was like, yeah. And dude, the last time I saw you was when you played with Triumph in Miami. And he's like, you were there. He goes, yeah. He goes, I remember that because that's the only time we ever played Miami. You know, Super nice guy. And I met also with him was, well, whoever the fuck was the guy with him was so cool. He's like, you know, usually when you meet somebody and they're with somebody, that guy's always a dick. Oh, we gotta go, we gotta go. This guy was like, hey man, you want me to take the pictures? I go, yeah, dude, that guy snapped like seven pictures of me and Biff. But if you look at all seven pictures, they're identical, <laughs> you know? But I, I, oh, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, I looked up uh, when I saw him. I thought I saw him in 2016, but I saw him in 2015. And... Uh, here, here's a set list if you're interested. Okay, and I'll uh, give you, I'll, uh, and I'll tell you mine because I have it right here in front of me. Okay, motorcycle man, battering ram, this town rocks, sacrifice, power and the glory, solid ball of rock, Dallas 1 p.m., heavy metal thunder, the eagle has landed, never surrender, backs to the wall, and the bands played on. Uh, 747, Strangers of the Night, Crusader, Princess of the Night, Wheels of Steel, and Denim of Leather, and Denim and Leather. Man, there was one song, I can't remember, one song you named, oh yeah, uh, and the band played on, oh, I would have loved to see that, but yeah, that, they did play it when I saw them with Triumph, but yeah, they didn't throw that one out. Yeah, uh, that was the show I saw. Here's my set list, Battering Ram, This Town Rock, Sacrifice, Power and the Glory, Eagles Landed, Dallas 1PM, Stand Up and Beat County, Motorcycle Man, uh, Crusader, 20,000 Feet, Wheels of Steel, Never Surrender, Denim and Leather, Crucial of the Night, and 747. So, yeah, still solid fucking, uh, oh yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I got to meet him, and also with him was Doug Scarrett, uh, the guitar yeah. player, the newer guitar player. Yeah, yeah, great guy. I, I met him at yeah, the show. I so saw. I got a picture with him as well. So then I went and saw UFO, and oh my God. I mean, I know you're not a fan, but holy fuck was they good. Yeah, you know, I can't say Saxon was better. I think it was equally badass. Uh, fucking Vinny Moore's a freak of nature. Uh, Phil Mogg is now uh, bald. He shaved his head. And you know what? It works. I think he looked cool as fuck uh, with a shaved head. And, uh, oh my God, they just ripped. They really ripped. They were really into it. And, you know, the two newer guys, like the bass player, very energetic. You know, Phil Mogg is funny as fuck. And if you know anything about him, he's like, people are shocked that fucker's still alive. Because he likes to drink. And he was drinking that night. But, you know, I know you're not a fan of his voice. But, God, I love that guy's voice. Because it's so non-hard rock. You know, it's... Did they did they play Can't Stop Loving You? <laughs> Who's, who, who originally did that? Oh, I 
Oh, oh I, th I, I thought that was UFO. No, that's Van Hagen. Oh, okay. Wow, you hate him that much. Huh? Oh, God. So yeah, they played, I... they played the, the standards, and then one guy in the front kept yelling Mother Mary. Mother Mary, Mother Mary, Phil Mog's like, dude, we, we, we don't do that song. We haven't done that song in a while. And then the guy kept going, Mother Mary, Mother Mary. And then he just looked around and goes, let's bloody do Mother Mary. And they played it. And I did look at past set list. Yeah, they haven't been playing that one. And he actually, they actually played it for one drunk guy there, which I thought was super cool. And it is one of my favorite UFO songs, too. And, uh, yeah, so then after the show, we took a subway back to my friend Carlos's house. I hung out there for a little bit, and then he gave me a ride to LaGuardia. And I uh, came back. I got back today at 9.30 a.m. So I got there at 2.30 p.m., and I got back at 9.30 p.m. So I wasn't even there for 24 hours. Damn. And you know what? I plan on doing it again. Because there's so many good shows that play B.B. King. And B.B. King is a great fucking club. You know, it's not like the biggest place in the world. But, man, the sound there was so good. You know? And, well, uh, well tell, tell me more about this combat song that you wrote for me. That man, you were talking about earlier. You're drunk. Did I? I yeah. That. Did I say that? You, you said you, you wrote a new song called Dismay. Oh. <laughs> no, because my birthday is Dismay, so I thought it was about me. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to live to Dismay, so it's not about... It's, oh, a, it's about your past birthday. Oh, don't say that. Don't it's say actually, that. It's a tribute to you, Because we got to we gotta hang out in August. Oh, uh, you know how I fuck around. You know, Alex wrote me when I got to New York. He said... Hey, you get there okay? I was like, no, I crashed. I'm in the fucking ocean. But hey, my phone's still working. And he's like, don't, <laughs> don't write shit like that. I was like, don't worry, dude. I, yeah. That's my sixth sense of humor. But, I like. I like. So uh, yeah. So next month I'm flying to Milwaukee because Solstice, Alex's other band, is playing with Loudness. So and it's on a Thursday. So me and Ruben Delarosa. I love that guy. Is actually going with me. Isn't that weird? I mean, well, I mean, I know you don't know Ruben like I do, but it's strange that that guy would actually travel. Which you know, he has traveled to Nam shows, but it's weird that he is actually doing what I usually do. And uh, yeah, and and uh, you know, and I plan on like when I play California, I'm going to try to like come right back, and then the same thing for uh, uh, Vegas. See, the, the minimum, you know, I want to. I know the Vegas shows on a weekend. So I'm a couple days, but I gotta be back by Monday. Same thing with the Podfest thing. You know, when is it? A well, Saturday, well, right? Well, when do you, when do you switch to your new weekend hours? Oh, that's right, I forgot, and that may happen in uh, dismay. Hey, hey, my birthday's dismay. Oh, so you're fine? Uh, you're no, it's worse now. That's the one thing that's worse about my new schedule is because if I take a day off, it counts as twelve hours. So that makes it even worse. It's more hours I take off, you know. Uh, they uh, take off my, but I'll see what I can do. I mean, I have to play Australia. Australia, hello? Australia tours only a week, you know. So if I nice. can build enough, I have now a week, and now in October I'm gonna I'm gonna be there for ten years, which means more more vacation time. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm excited. I I get uh. This, this June, uh, I I get more time off each week. 
because I'm, I'm like you. I get like awarded so many hours each week, and I, I now I have like two weeks vacation and a week and a half sick time, and I'm trying to build it up. I hear that, dude. But you know, I mean, you're you, you're not like you know, you're not in a band, so you don't have to like. What do you mean smoke. I'm not in a fucking band? Well, I'm in a not, band. Yeah, but you don't leave New Orleans. Yeah, no, no, never. You know, I, mean, I have to like leave the, the state and take some time to get away. Yeah. From shit like well, that. see, I can do shit like that, but but I, I, I do so many shows here, they don't want me to leave. Right. All right. Well, here is the news. Ready for the news? Sure. Shoot. All right, Steve Perry will attend the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction Good. ceremony. Uh, says Journey's keyboardist, that that idiot Jonathan Kane. They should get Greg Raleigh and kick his ass out. Yeah, yeah, I, Greg Raleigh better be there. God yeah, he should definitely be there. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, a lot of people complain about Steve Perry's voice, and but I gotta tell you. And it was weird, though, when he did that show with that, I don't know what the name of that band Yeah, yeah, he sounded horrible. No, no, he actually sounded great, but he sounded horrible on the Journey songs. But when he did their songs or whatever songs he did that I didn't understand, I didn't know, I thought it was fucking great. Uh, yeah, but I didn't listen to those. Joe Perry of Aerosmith on the upcoming 50th anniversary tour. That's a long fucking time, man. And you know what he said? I'm not sure if this is going to be a farewell tour. That's pretty refreshing to hear somebody say that when they announce a farewell tour. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I hope it is. Well, you know, I mean, for me, I can care less, but, you know, there's people out there. You know, you got to remember the kids, man. Some kids that love Aerosmith, and they'll never get to see them. And I got to tell you, man, as much as they their new music does absolutely nothing for me, um, they're still great on. I thought Steve Perry is great. And, you know, Steve Perry, listen to me, Steven Tyler. But uh, I saw the Get a Grip tour, and it turned me off so much. It was so horrible. I never went to go see him again. But that stupid Chinese democracy girl convinced me to go see them. I hate her. Yeah, convinced me to go see them, and they were really good both times. And it was mostly because of Steve Steven Tyler. I mean, that guy's still got great, great voice. Oh, I haven't heard this yet, but... Anthrax covered uh, Kansas Carry On My Way Works On. I have not heard it either. I thought for sure you would have listened to it. Yeah, no, I just saw this right now. <laughs> That's why. I, I, I think we, sh we should pause right now, listen to it, and then talk about it. Okay. All right. All right, All right we are back, and I just listened to it, and Ian did. Uh, Ian, I will turn over to you. What did you think? Uh, I think they did it better than REO Speedwagon. <laughs> All right, um, you know I'm a purist. This, this is the first rock album I actually had, Left Overture, and of course I'm gonna be biased. And uh, but I will be honest, I did like it. I, th I I thought it was a great cover actually. But you know, uh, jo Joey Belladonna is no Steve Walsh. Uh, he sang it well, but there was certain parts where I don't think he delivered as good as Steve Walsh. I thought the guitar solo in the beginning was terrible. Um, and, uh, but you know what? It's, it's a good cover. And Anthrax, as much as I bash them, man, nine out of 10 times, they, they always do great covers. I, I want to know who was playing keyboards on that. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Probably the same guy that did keyboards on Smoking when they did that Boston cover. Oh, they did that awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You know, but you know what, man, to be honest with you, Anthems is something I never go back to listen to. And they did Big Eyes and stuff, but 
You know what, man? I think fucking, uh, I think their cover of Off Vita's Hate blows big eyes away. I thought that was a great cover, actually. And I prefer John Bush's voice on those. Like, to me, man, the John Bush's B-sides, man, make fucking albums out of those. Because they did some amazing B-sides. If some of you not aware, they did a great version of Remember Tomorrow, my favorite, London by the Smiths. And uh, just a handful of shit. But yeah, you know, you know what? It was good. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't bad, you know. I mean, it, great. I'm not a big Survivor fan. But I, I thought it sounded good. All right. So, um, Jason Newstead said that it's going to cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, rebuild the Newstead band. Now, uh, I'm not going to bash the guy for this. I, I, I find it unfortunate with this day and age of music uh, about that. Because, it, you know what? If you're a musician, which I don't consider myself a musician, um... It, it is it is hard to succeed and since the that Newstead album didn't blow up like he thought it would he's not gonna, he's not gonna continue it and you know oh his, I don't blame him and you know Jason Newstead like you know already like in that Metallica documentary when oh he doesn't even get food service he takes the food from the catering of the shows to his hotel he's like yeah because I plan on fucking having money when I'm done which you know is a smart move so he is a businessman and he sees Music as a business. That's why he didn't last in Boy Bar long or Echo Brain or anything like that. Yeah, well, he, he pissed a lot of money away on Echo Brain that he didn't get back. And then, of course, he doesn't make anything with Voivod. And yeah, I can see like he spent all this money on the Newstead band and he didn't recoup. So, exactly. Uh, I, I understand. I mean, I did too, but it's just uh, unfortunate. Like, <coughs> you know, in no way I'm even the pimple of the ass of even. The Newstead Band or Voivod or Echo Brain for that matter as far as Thrash and I goes but something that just happened today and, and yes. I can't I, I'll tell you the name of the label off air but we we actually got uh, a message from a label that is pretty popular uh, that showed interest in Thrash and I and uh, I denied it well that's stupid because I no, it's, not, a, it's actually smart movie. Well, I'll, tell you, I, I'll tell you why. I, I sent a memo out to a lot of record companies, and I said, you just wrote a song about me called Dismay. Well, that's combat, and, dude. It's not threatening. Oh. <laughs> but you know what, man? The theater's the deal, you know? Um, I, I wrote the music with my bandmates, and I think we are the only ones that are allowed to release that music. I'm not going to give away my music to anybody else and on top of that which is even worse than giving away my music owe them money you know i'm not gonna do it and uh there was also uh in the email they also said that you know they want us to pay them well, well, who, who's the record label i'll tell you off the air i can't say it on the air. yeah i know but i'll forget it so tell me now and you can beep it oh nice Nice. Well, you know, I'm honored that they they showed interest in us. That's pretty good. I mean, I got well, offered labels before that were, I mean, some I knew, but they're very, very, very underground. And the only reason I know them is because, and I can name, I don't know the name of the label, y'all can look it up, but this was really legit. There's a band I love called Alcoholizer, from, and it's an Italian label that wanted to sign us, and I, and I actually showed that to a lawyer, and it was not 
really well. It was it wasn't good for the song with them. But the same thing with this, you know. I mean, not only you know will we owe them money, but they actually want us to pay. I mean, it, it is a, a, a label everybody knows, so it would it would do as well as far as exposure. But in the end of the day, I'm going to end up owing them hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm not being a pessimist of oh, because you know, oh, Thrasher Die is not going to sell enough, dude. We could sell a lot and still fucking not owe them money. Van Halen, and I'm talking about 1978. Their first album went one. Their first album sold over a million do, uh, million albums. And they owed the record company two million dollars. How's that possible? Well, it is. So uh, that's going back to Jason Newstead. Um, it is a month. That's why I would rather do my little grassroots thing, and I'm happy this way. And plus, I can't afford it. Lemmy's long-awaited solo album could finally arrive later this year. Uh, Lemmy recorded a, a solo album, and. Uh, you know, he's been, you know, going back and forth, and that chick from Suskiskin is on there, and uh, uh, who else? Uh, David Grohl, of course, because he's a fan of one. And, you know, he's, you know, he's now a Motorhead fan. We're back in the Nirvana. Motor who? And, uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's interesting, right? Wouldn't you like to hear uh, It's going to be bluesy and stuff, you know. Since some of it may sound kind of Motorhead-ish, I mean, because... Of course, you know, you can't deny that voice. Right. You looking forward to that? Um, it, it, it depends. That one could go could go either way. I, I mean, of course, I'll check it out because it's Lemmy, but uh, it all depends. Anyway, that's it. That's that's all the news because now... Okay. All right, so we're going to... This is the, the Metal Church uh, episode. And, and this is for Daniel Lee. Thank you, Daniel Lee. And wow. Daniel Lee is one of the people that actually asked for an album I fucking love. Unlike uh, a future one that's, oh my, oh my God, you, Mr. <laughs> X, Mr. X sent me that album today, and I looked at it, it has like a hundred songs. I'm like, oh God damn. Uh, oh no. Uh, I know it's a lot of demos. I hope we don't have to review that part. No, <laughs> no, Mr. X resent it to you and took away all the shit. I just. I mean, Mr. X just loved the shit that you need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thanks, thanks. What, was Mr. X was at your house or something? Yeah. What, he, bring yeah. You, he brought his external hard drive or something? Sure did. Oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> Stop drinking, Oops. Ian. Don't get that drunk, man. You're going to give you're going to, you almost gave away his identity. <laughs> and this is only the first review we're doing today. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna have to fire Mr. X and hire Deep Throat. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, um, uh, 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 Ian just fucking heard this sound for the first time, which is mind blowing to me. True story. But um, I've I've known this album forever. But I gotta tell you the funny story. There's a very funny story about this album. All right. When I used to go to the record store and I would always see this album, I never knew it was a band. I thought it was a compilation. Because it looks like a compilation album. Like what, back then, those metal compilations, Metal Church. And, I'm, and I turn it around and you're like, I'm looking at the song, I don't really, really recognize the song, but then I see Highway Star. And I'm like, yeah, this is a compilation. You know, I never really <laughs> put two and two together. The rest of the songs, you know, had no fucking titles that I recognized. So I never bought it until 
uh, my friend Ronnie, who is on my Facebook now, from oh, he lives in Ohio now. Uh, he bought it. He's like, dude, you ever heard of Metal Church? I was like, no. And he had the cassette. And then when he showed me it, I was like, oh, this is a band. I always thought this was a fucking compilation. And uh, it was one of those many drunken nights. We used to always hang out at this place called Pelican Harbor here on the beach. And we'd all sit, you know, it's right on the bay with rocks and water and shit. And uh, we'd always get drunk and listen. That's where I discovered uh, Halloween. This guy showed up with Walls of Jericho when that first came out. And, you know, just a bunch of classic metal I discovered in that little Pelican Harbor area. And Metal Church was one of them. And it was a fucking mind blower. I mean, this album to me, number one, by far their best album. Without a doubt. I you think so, huh? You know, I know you don't. You, you know, you're, you're a fucking, what were you, two years, out, two years old back then? I was 10 when this came out. Well, there, this was maybe a year or two after, I gotta say. It wasn't that year, because I remember seeing that album, like, for well over a year before knowing it was actually that. I mean, I, I think I flipped it around one time and saw I would start, put it back in the bin, and then, you know, every time I've seen it ever since, I just kept flipping, flipping and finding something else, you know? But, um, yeah, it was maybe a year, maybe 86. It, you know what? It was. It had to be '86 or very early '87 because I remember by the time MTV showed when the children uh, watched the children pray uh, from the dark, I was. I already knew the. I already owned the album. You know, I owned the album before the dark. And here's a little tidbit: the very first time I ever bought CDs, the very the first three CDs I ever bought was Jimi Hendrix, Are You Experienced? Led Zeppelin II, and Metal Church in the Dark. Brand new. Like I didn't know what the album sounded like I just knew what the children press. So yeah, that's those were my first three CDs and I think it cost me like sixty bucks. Back <laughs> yeah. then CDs when they were new. I mean yeah. they're even expensive in today's day. I think they were like twenty bucks each, even back then. You know? Anyway, right. so yeah, uh, this is an album that I always I I I, I love listening to. It's a, it's a it's an album that I put on quite a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan of David Wayne. I believe it was one of my picks of the week. It had to be in one of the millions of episodes we've done. I've had to choose this one. Uh, it is up there with, you know, it's just a Stone Cold classic. It's a heavy metal, 80s metal classic that was a little heavier than heavy metal, but not thrash. And I'm talking, this is before death metal like really reared its head, you know. I mean, it started happening with Possessed and stuff, but I wasn't really into death metal till I heard Leprosy from death. So anyway, uh, like around 89, so between the span of, uh, you know, up till 87, 88, uh, the heaviest thing in the world to me was Thrash. And this one wasn't as brutal as Thrash, but it was way heavier than heavy metal. And uh, big fan of this album, and we will go through it by track by track. But tell us how you discovered this album today, Ian. Um, well, I've always known of Metal Church. Uh, what you know, when I first started getting into metal, uh, was pre it was after In the Dark was released, and I remember seeing ads like in Hit Parader for it. But uh, you know, I got into it kind of at the end of '86. I don't know if uh, In the Dark came out in the beginning of '86. Because I, I never remember seeing that video that everybody talks about that when the children pray or whatever. Um, but I, I remember seeing ads for the album, but then after that, 
uh, I remember seeing ads for like Blessing in Disguise, but still like I never, never saw their videos. And if I did, I didn't remember. So it always kind of went under my radar. In fact, the thing that really stuck out is I remember um, when James Hetfield broke his arm playing, uh, or I mean, uh, skateboarding. It was a dude from Metal Church that replaced him while his arm. Well, he wasn't in Metal Church yet. Uh, he joined Metal Church after that, though. When when uh, James Hetfield burned his arm in uh, the Guns N' Roses tour, yeah. that guy was in Metal Church already, and he replaced James during that era. But yeah, you're talking about John Marshall. The guy's like a hundred feet tall, super tall. Dude. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember, but that was around the time of. Uh... Uh, I think it was right before Injustice. Yeah, no, it was Master of Puppets tour. I believe uh, Cliff was still alive, and uh, and what John James Marshall was at that time, or John Marshall, he was actually James Hetfield's guitar tech. He was not in Metal. Oh, okay, okay. And oddly enough, I, I believe at that time too, because after because James broke his arm during the Ozzy era, uh, opening for Ozzy, because I do remember seeing a picture of James with the cast and Ozzy next to him. So it had to be during the Ozzy tour. Though, when they left the Ozzy tour and Cliff died, they came back and did a tour where they played Canon and stuff. And the opening act for some of those dates was uh, Metal Church. And, uh. and then other other shows was Keel. Actually, Keel was opening for the Master of Bubbles tour. Oh, God. Yeah, Metal uh. Church is a better fit, that's for sure. Well, maybe, maybe I, I just maybe my memories are all fucked up. I do a lot of street drugs, but uh, I remember seeing shit That's about that. That's why I'm that. here. I'm the new and improved rock sponge. There you go. Oh. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Exactly. I bet he didn't know that. Uh, but I, I'll tell you one thing: is I always loved the cover to this album. I remember, you know, flipping through and and one thing I didn't realize until I was doing a little bit of history on it is I didn't realize. Uh, you know, you see that bar going across uh, the neck of the guitar. And I, I didn't get that it was supposed to be like a crucifix. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was just like it was leaning against something. No. And then I, I saw one of their other albums, like from the 90s, has that, you know, the, the crucifix thing back. Right. But I always thought it was, it was a cool, uh, you know, uh, cover. It's but a great whatever, cover, but a lot of those metal compilations have cool covers. That's why I was fooled. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, I, I totally, I, I can totally see you mixing this up with like a K-Tel, you know, metal album. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, but for whatever reason, they just, you know, they were off the radar, probably just because like nobody uh, I knew listened to Metal Church, and I don't recall seeing the videos, so it just kind of one of those bands. It was kind of like Armored Saint. I'd always heard of Armored Saint. But I don't, I don't remember seeing Armored Saint videos and nobody I knew That's listened to That's because they got fucked, you know? Armored Saint had one video during the Christmas years, uh, March, I mean, uh, Can You Deliver, which was shown on MTV maybe one or two times, but Night Flight showed it a lot. But MTV really? didn't show it that much. The Lyrics Nomad and Raising Fear, neither had videos. Uh, I mean, there was some hello? live footage uh, from the Raising Fear tour, which... Yeah, actually, this was really cool. On Halloween of 1987, I would say, MTV Headbangers Ball had a, sh a concert. It was Halloween, Armored Saint, and Grim Reaper. Full shows. Well, not full shows. Edited shows, like maybe each of them 20, 20 minutes each, because that was touring at the time. Those right. three bands. And now and then, MTV on Headbangers Ball would show Chemical Euphoria from that show. 
but it's technically not a video. Right. right. Uh, well, I mean, maybe just, you know, and you got to remember, I was very young then, too, so maybe I just don't remember. But Young and stupid. Yeah. They, they, I they, mean, they, you know, more stupid now, but, you know. Sure. I mean, we can understand your stupidity back then. <laughs> oh, I love you, too. All right, well... Uh, well, you're I a very think... smart guy. You're just dumb when it comes to metal. You wait, oh. tune in. Wait till you hear this review. Yeah. All righty, well... Uh, yeah, so Metal Church, one of those bands I always knew, like, people really respected uh, the first... I would say three. I've, I've always seen a lot of praise for Blessing in Disguise really? as well. I haven't. I haven't. I've heard, you know, a lot of people... I, I know a lot of people that hate my cow. I don't. But a lot of people... A lot of people are actually upset that he's back. Because... And here's something i got to look into. And if you can talk to Deep Throat, fuck Mr. X. Um, yeah. To, to, to uh, hook me up, I think the guy's name was Mark Riano or something like that. He's done a couple Metal Church albums and... My the drummer of combat was telling me that those albums are really good, but I've never bothered, man, to tell you the truth. And All right, I would love to hear those albums now. You know, I'm curious. You know, I'll I'll ask him what he can do. Whether whether they're <laughs> worthy enough to buy, because if I download it, I will buy it if it's good. If not, to the True. recycle bin with you. All right. Well, I will take the first track. It is called Beyond the Black. And, uh, man, you know, I hear this and I was like, ooh, it's a little eerie. And then you hear, like, some Mr. Roboto shit in the beginning. And, uh, it kicks in. And I gotta say, I like the music, but I don't know about this guy's voice. Oh, man. That, that, that's the thing that got me with this. And I will say this. I've listened to this album like five times you know since we you know got ready to do this and every time i listen to this album i like it more and more right i and mean may, it, maybe it is a good album to you just haven't discovered it yet it's well well you know i'll get into we go song by song i am not bitching at all about the music i think there is some great music on this and every time i hear it i kind of appreciate it more and more i'm like yeah yeah but then when this guy comes on, he's like the Crypt Keeper. Tonight's tales, boys and ghouls. You know, you know, it's like, it's that shit that kind of fucking throws me off. Now, there is a song on here where he doesn't sing like that. He does, like, clean vocals. And that happens to be my favorite track. But, man, the music on this, holy shit. You really, you really hit the, the nail on the head, though, where you're like... It's a very much in between uh, metal and thrash. You know, you're absolutely right. Way heavier than mainstream metal at that time, but not in the same like uh, speed and pace as like a you know Slayer and Megadeth and you know the big four. Um, but man, there is some really good fucking music on this. And this song, Beyond the Black. Man, once you get past the, the Roboto shit, uh, man, I really dig it uh, musically. But this guy's voice. But then again, you got to remember, you know, there was a time when I couldn't stand King Diamond's voice. Now I love it. There was a time when I couldn't stand Bobby Blitz's voice. And now he's one of my favorite fucking thrash singers. So, uh, you know, I am new to this, so... 
my opinion may change. I know, you know, the first couple listens, I just could not get past David Wayne's voice. It was just ruining everything for me. But, you know, I, I kept like, okay, got to keep listening. Because I like, I like to listen to, especially albums that I've never heard before. I want to hear multiple times before I, you know, give an honest review on it. But every time I hear this, I like it more and more. But still, I kind of have an issue with this guy's voice. And you know who it reminds me of is the fucking dude from Sabotage. Wow. You know, and, that, and 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 that's always kind of been my thing with sabotage. That, ah, 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 you know, when he sings like when he tries to sing creepy and you know do that Middle Earth metal shit, I'm like, eh, you know, you're not scaring me, pal. You know, uh, you know, and you're not unique like an Ozzy. Uh, you know, and you're not a crooner either. It's kind of like I don't know. I'm still not selling on this David Wayne, and I hate to talk ill of the dead because I know the guy's since passed away. Uh, and I even, after I listened to this a couple times, I went, I was like, well, let me check out Blessing in Disguise because that's got a different singer. And uh, to me, he kind of sounded just like David Wayne. What? Oh, man, maybe, you, you, need, you need an ear cream. That guy just sounds not like David Wayne. Maybe a little, bit, uh, a little bit cleaner production. No, the guy's got a very clean voice. I don't know. It's he not can't, rough he can't, at all like David Wayne. They went for I, a more commercial and a pretty voice. I, 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 would, I wouldn't describe David Wayne's voice as gruff. No, gritty, I said. Yeah, or gritty. I don't, yeah, I don't... It's got grit to it. To me, he sings like me. Doesn't that sound like grit to you? Uh, no, it's, it, it, it sounds like, you know, like a guy jumping out at a fucking uh, haunted house trying to scare you. <laughs> and, and not being scary. Okay. <laughs> you know? Uh... But, uh, but man, the music, though, the music, and like I said, every time it, it started, like, hitting me more and more, you know, because I just kind of, kind of pushed the vocals to the side and said, man, there's some great fucking riffage going on here. And some pretty heavy riffage for 1984. I mean, if you look at, like, you know, what was being released in 84, this was, I mean, it wasn't thrash, but it was pretty goddamn heavy. So oh, yeah. I, I, I totally get what you're saying there. And, you know, who knows, man? Maybe, you know, if I keep listening to it, maybe a year from now, I'll love David Wayne's voice. But for right now, that is the one thing holding me back. But good music on uh, Beyond the Black. What do you think? Well, uh, before we go on to Beyond the Black, let me let me explain how he passed away. It's kind of fucked up. Uh, I don't know if you know the story. Uh, um, car accident. Well, no, technically, technically, yes, but not really. But then he died after, right? Uh, yeah, he had a car accident, and he, like, he hit his head, and the, the hospital didn't catch it. And he had, like, I think his brain was bleeding, and, like, uh, I'd say about maybe two weeks after the accident, they found him dead on the porch of his house. Right. From, I think the term is brain aneurysm. I could be wrong. Right. I have a fear I am going to die that way. It's a true story. I was involved in, in, a, in a bar fight, uh, like where they were having fights at a bar, and I was so drunk, like, yeah, I'll get up and fight. And a guy did, uh, I was so drunk, I was so drunk, oh my god. Like, you had to wear gloves, and you had to wear headgear and shit, and I'm so drunk, you know, so I'm fighting this guy, and he, he, he fucking clocked me, and my 
my headgear spun. So I couldn't see. <laughs> so I'm drunk as shit, dude. And I'm just, I'm swinging, throwing uppercuffs. Like, I threw a, I threw a fucking punch at the fucking ref just because I couldn't see. Wow. And the and the thing kept going on and going on. And, and, and the dudes, like, beat the shit out of me because I can't see. But I kept getting up, like, you know, couldn't knock me out. You know, I just kept getting back up and fighting. And then finally... Uh, well, what I didn't mention, it was a two-on-two. It was like a Thunderdome match. They called it at the bar. One dude hit me in the back of the neck, which you're not allowed to do. But he did that, and then I went down. I got knocked out. Wow. And then I and then I found out, like, the reason that's illegal is because you could cause one of these, like, brain aneurysms that way. Right. And and that, oh, that has always freaked me out. Like, this would be, like, one of those things that's just, like, floating around in my head and one day I'll just be on the toilet taking a good dump and you know you know ah, you'd be don't gone. worry and I'm gonna make you feel much better you're, you're, you're gonna die of liver cirrhosis trust me oh okay yeah all right feel better now yeah all right cool as you were all right beyond the black uh yeah this one that eerie intro you see you know I heard it and I loved it I, and every time I would buy albums um I would uh, read lyrics, and this fucking thing didn't bring lyrics. So I would sit there and analyze, like listen to this over and over, trying to make it out. And I did, and and you know, researching the lyrics once uh, the internet came around, because I did uh, look up these lyrics back in 1999 or something. And I was right. This song is about nuclear war. That Mr. Roboto talk you were talking about was exactly what I thought it was saying. It says like the war is over the crypt now we taste in the late 1990s <laughs> there is no human race we split that planet with the atom birth man has died we seal the urn i knew that's what i got and it's really hard to decipher that but i did get that I, when i read the lyrics for the first time i was like he does say that you know and then after that little part it's just full-blown metal no mistaking it's metal but there's just something a little different about it. The precision is what I love about this band. You know, the preciseness playing by all the members could have made this an incredible instrumental, actually. But when David Wayne comes in with his Doomsday type lyrics, makes it even more incredible to me. Such a unique voice like no other. Very identifiable. And that's what I love about a lot of singers. Like, once you hear him, you know it's him. You know, the man, to, to me, the man was a legend. And to those who love this, um, this uh, the first two Metal Church albums know this. And in, and in retrospect, the fact that Brett Michaels is more recognizable than the Reverend, we should have had like nuclear war in the 1990, uh, nine, late 1990s, you know? Because uh, seriously, we, we don't deserve to live to have Brett Michaels and Bon Jovi uh, much bigger. But then again, if Brett Michaels and Bon Jovi sounded like this guy, or let's put, let me put it this way: if this guy looked like Brett Michaels and Bon Jovi, this album would have been much bigger. What a shitty world we live in! And then the second part, when things uh, get a bit more up tempo, is such a killer segue, and it really goes in good. It's like, oh, that whole part, like, look out! It's a killer intro. It's a killer song. To a killer fucking album. I loves it. And it just bleeds right into the, the name of the band. The, the title track of the album too. Metal Church. 
Oh man, does this song crack skulls. Such an insane metallic groove to this. That fucking riff and those lyrics are just so badass. Kind of like a, a metal Illuminati. Am I saying that word right? Yes. Yeah, it's like the, the lyrics are like an Illuminati type thing, you know, uh, where, you know, they build a church and it's just like, you know, this, you know, this music is just so on the money. Several top notch riffs intertwined with such kick ass drumming, man. What a drummer in this band. It's a solid fucking song. What do you think? Uh, this is one that, man, I really got the last time I listened to this album today. Um, like I said, about the fifth time I listened to it. The first couple times I just couldn't get over, uh, the singer. And, uh, man, I had it blaring in the kitchen while I was doing dishes. Like, fuck, this is metal. I was like, that fucking riff. I mean, really fucking awesome. And this jumped from being a song, like, in my initial notes... I was just like, eh, to now I would say it's probably my third borderline second favorite on the album. Really love this track. Real good. Just great fucking metal, man. All right. Take the, the instrumental. Ah, the next one. Okay, this is one that got me right off the bat first listen. First listen, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Probably because the guy wasn't singing. But it's an instrumental called... Merciless Onslaught. And, uh, man, I, I wish more metal bands did fucking instrumentals. You don't see them that much anymore. I've been know? dying to do an instrumental for Thrash or Die, and I may achieve it with uh, this lineup because uh, the first lineup was so against it. I wanted to do a song called Thrash or Die that was just instrumental, but they didn't want to do it. Fag. Yeah, I, I, I don't get why, man, because... An instrumental done right, but then again, maybe I can see it from the band's point of view. Because if you don't bring it 100%, it sounds like a jerk-off session. Yeah, I, I would like to reiterate, uh, actually, one member of the band, not the whole band. Okay. But, uh, you, you know, it, if done correctly, man, uh, you, you know, I, I love metal instrumentals. And there's a band here in New Orleans that is an instrumental metal band, period. They have no secret. They're called Mountain of Wizard, and they are fucking phenomenal. And But that puts a lot of pressure on the band. I mean, to not have a singer, your music really has to be outstanding to, to captivate people's attention when there's nothing to sing along to. You know, there's another band that does that called Karma to Burn, uh, uh, which does some great music. But man, I, I am. I'm a sucker for a, a good one. You know, can't be shitty. And this, this is a great one. I love this track right off the bat. Like I said, right now, this and uh, and the title track are probably tied for my second favorite. Love it. All right. Yeah, uh, I fucking love this too. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's it's a killer instrumental. The drummer is just killing it as you know as the best of the you know the band you know it's like um straight to the throat metallic attack it's solid as fuck it's so precise killer shredding brings this tune to some metal that just can't be fucking moved man uh, i love this you know you know and then the, the the fast drumming on it it's just a, a fucking gorgeous fucking metal instrumental and uh 
And you know, it, this is a great example why it's a little heavier than what metal was at the time, but still not, you know, crunchy and thrashy and speed metal. Right. I mean, it makes Motley, it makes Shout of the Devil sound like poison, exactly. but it's not as it's not like as heavy as fucking Fight Fire with Fire. And 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 you know, something another thing I didn't mention about this album, all the thrashers that I grew up with in the late in mid '80s. They all love this album, you know, because a lot of thrashers were very close-minded, where, you know, if it's not fucking thrash, it sucks. But Metal Church, this album, especially this album, a lot like The Dark, too, but this album was always like, you know, you'd see the guy that had nothing but fucking patches on his jacket that was thrash, and you'd see a Metal Church patch on there, you know? Because it just, it, you know, it, you put it on the pendulum, and it, it, it would lean more toward thrash than traditional metal. You know, you couldn't, you'd think more of fucking Metallica than Judas Priest when you hear Metal Church, even though it's just not crunchy. But yeah, I love it. So then the next one, Gods of Wrath, which I feel is like their epic song. This is their stairway to heaven. You know, it starts off so mellow with the, this darkness looming to it. You just, and you just know listening to it, like, you know, I knew the first time listening to this song. I'm listening to it and I'm thinking to myself, oh shit. The, the, there is a straight to the throat metallic attack coming. I can just feel it. You can just hear it bubbling. You know, it's just solid as fuck. Killer shredding uh, brings this tune to me. It's a metal that just can't be moved again. But um, uh, it's it's just full blown out metal. You know what happens to the song where it's you know, and when it's done, it just can't be done more. Uh, climactic, you know, the, just the way it just ends, it just ends so beautifully, and and David Wayne just, uh, you know, showing different shades, because he sings this song very, it doesn't sound like David Wayne, you know, he sings it so angelic, and then he's like, dude, when he screams like, God, of wrath, you know, it's just so fucking, oh, God damn it, I just punched my hand and it hurt, it hurt, I just punched my palm right now, thinking of his vocals, and I just hurt myself. You are lucky you don't get it, because you would have a hurting palm right now. <laughs> Thank you. All right, well, I will say this is my favorite song on the album. Uh, I got I got this one right away. <laughs> I mean, there's no denying. I don't think anybody could really say there's a better song on this album than this. Um, and... What I loved is the way he sang this with like the the clean vocals and didn't try to do the fucking, you know, uh, you know, crib keeper shit, uh, and and the music totally backs it up, and you know, like like I said, as, as much as I've come around to the rest of the album on multiple listens, this one I got right away and still just appreciation grows and grows every time I hear that. I can definitely see, you know, throwing this on my you know on my phone. You know, to listen. Yeah, I don't have iPod. I put everything on my phone, but I can see throwing this on there, man, because this is just like wow. You know, makes me feel like I did miss something. And uh, you brought up a good point. You were telling me about, uh, you know, your friends that were into thrash but still like metal church, and you know, that's something I wanted to ask you is because they were always kind of like people knew of them, but. You didn't hear as much about other bands, and I was wondering what, like, in your circle, you know, if these guys were talked about a lot. They were, uh, uh, yeah, they were. You got to remember, a lot of bands during this time 
like your anthrax, your slayers, and you know, overkill, and you know, nuclear assault and stuff like that. They were still at the level of metal church. You know, they weren't huge yet. You know, the only bands that were kind of huge was like Metallica. Slayer did get more press, so I, I would have to say Slayer was more popular. But you know, Slayer, Metallica, and, and, and you know, it wasn't until um, Among the Living that Anthrax started getting you know press. They were still at the level of Metal Church, and even right. oh, Megadeth was even lower than all of them until Peace Sells. And um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, yeah. They, the thing is that back in those days, you know, and because we're so flooded with information today that we can't, you know, we just can't keep up with new music. It's hard to, you know, but um, I mean, it has to stick out like a sore thumb. But back then we were limited, man, because, you know, we weren't rich. None of us were rich. So we also, you know, we went on the way an album looked and uh, word of mouth, like a friend of ours, because we all... The thing beautiful about those days is that we would all kind of like, in a way, compete to turn people on to something they don't know. You know, like my friend, hey, you ever heard Metal Church and Halloween, you know? That's how it was hanging out with people. Did you ever hear this band? Oh, check out this band I bought. It was like that. Like, now it's like, just send a guy a link. Here, listen to this, you know? But it was yeah. more special hanging out, getting drunk. You know, and uh, right, and just listening to you know, kicking back and listening to something, and there was a lot of times that people would put something on that I was like, because I remember one time a guy turned me out to Europe. You know, he's like, "Have you heard Europe?" And I was like, "No, put it on, man. Let's check this out." And I was like, "Ew, was like, nah, man, it's really good." You know, believe it or not, Europe even like before that final countdown album. Came oh out, yeah, they were they were they, it was more European metal. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people did like Europe too. I just didn't get it. I know the first right. album wins it tomorrow, which I own a copy thanks to Ruben De La Rosa. I love that guy. And uh, yeah, I mean, I listened to it like a couple years ago, and it wasn't that bad, you know. But it's still not something I would like, you know, put on. Right. But yeah, um, no, I, I went back and revisited that because of everything I heard about it. And I was like, well. It's heavier than Final Countdown, but it's still not what, you yeah, know. Yeah, it, it was it, like, I'd rather listen to Metal Church. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. that, and on first listen, I was like, nah, sorry. This is too, you like, know. you know, happy. You but know? Like, like like you were saying about, you know, like who can turn people on to stuff. You know, you were there yesterday for uh, for my radio show when I played that, uh, that Orchid song, uh, Loving right. Hand of God. Right. And and that's a band I've been preaching for so long, and uh, a few people listen, but you know it just seemed to take root that day, and like everybody agreed, they love that song, and uh, and that that is the best feeling, you know, when you can get somebody, you, you know, to to take a chance on something that isn't that popular, you know, and yeah. and hope and hope you can bring it to light. You know, back back in the eighties, I was I don't know how I did this, and I still don't know. How, I mean, I I can kind of understand how I do it today, but back then, man, I was such a broke dude. I you know I worked shit jobs, I hardly made any money, but I always had money to buy new metal. It's like sometimes I would skip like a meal to buy a fucking album, you know, I, right. I, or I'd go to my mom's house and like you know because I was very young. You gotta you gotta remember, I, I left my house at seventeen. And I wasn't making money, and I'd still buy fucking metal, you know? And I'd be like, oh, fuck, man. I gotta have this. So then I end up buying it, and I have no money. So I end up going to my mom's to eat, you know? 
But I was the one that turned all my friends on to everything. I mean, but there is like, you know, this right here. Um, Metal Church was turned on to me. I'll tell you another one. I mean, I, I, I told the story a million times. Um, uh, uh, Guns N' Roses, when I saw Guns N' Roses at the Troubadour. And then, you know, I thought they were good. I mean, I, they didn't blow my mind, but I thought they were a good band. Yeah, it was cool. They played Mama Ken, whatever. It wasn't until 1987, late 87, the same guy that turned me on to Metal Church, my friend Ronnie, who is on my Facebook, had Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. And he goes, and I saw it at his house. I go, oh, my God. I saw this band in California. Put this on. You know, I wanted to hear it. And that was almost a year after its release. I think it was out for like maybe eight months. And this was before Welcome to the Jungle was on MTV. You know, he had two things he had that day. Uh, Welcome to the Jungle, uh, Appetite for Destruction, and the very first Faster Pussycat. And believe it or not, he, he goes, no, no, you got to listen to Faster Pussycat. That's even better. I was like, all right. He put that out. I was like, oh, what the fuck? You want to talk like about vocals that annoy me. Oh, oh! See, I, you and Justin Childers can't stand Tame Me Down. I, 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 I love Tame Me Down. Now, so. now I'm in shock. Me and Justin Childers agree on something. Yeah, he hates Tame Me Down. That vocals. guy's got the most nasally annoying fucking vocals. I can't stand him. I can. That's what ruins that band for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I heard it and I said, Nah, dude, I prefer that Guns N' Roses album. You know? Anyway, what was yeah. I getting at? Uh, well, we were, we were just summing up God's Wrath. All right. Getting ready so, to go on to Hitman. All right, you want to take this one? Uh, Hitman. Uh, solid. Not a, uh, a standout track to me. I, I know this is a, a, uh, older Metal Church song because when Mr. X hooked me up with, uh, Metal Church, man, I got everything. I've got, uh, all kinds of demos and stuff, and this is, like, one of their first fucking songs. They have, uh... Uh, Hitman demos tape. I think it's from like 82 or 83. Um, not bad. I mean, solid, but uh, it didn't stand out to me the way the last three songs did. But uh, not 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 saying it's bad. It's just I don't think it's as good as the, as the three songs that preceded. Alright. I, I made a video for this song. You ever seen that movie called The Professional? Yes. Yeah, I made a video of Hitman with nothing but footage of The Professional. Uh, I love this song. It's such an amazing, fast, heavy track with a melodic section that may not sound like like it, but it has this melodic section that, that somehow reminds me of Maiden's Purgatory. You know, Maiden's Purgatory is like, please take me away in the middle of this really fast yeah. and furious song where this one does too, but yeah, it sounds nothing like it, but it does have that element, which to me, I, I fucking love, you know? You know, something that... You don't really find in, in any tracks that I can think of except on Hitman and Purgatory that I can think of at the moment. I'm sure there is. I think there is another one on Killers, maybe Twilight Zone or something. But, uh, uh, and you know, and, um, you know, it starts off the lyrics to the song. Uh, it starts off with a guy who hires a hitman to kill his cheating wife. Something I would never do. If I found out my girl was cheating, I would save a lot of money. And with that money, just buy a pair of binoculars. You know what I'm saying, Ian? <laughs> You're weird. You know, get up on a tree and check out the action. <laughs> you know? Because I would kill 
I would kill the girl. I wouldn't kill the guy. It's a, guys just no, guys no. just being a guy. It'd be a fuckload cheaper just getting you know and just climb a tree and see her get fucked as I fiddle with my penis because I have such fucked up issues that in reality is better than being a jealous jerk that would kill his girl. No offense, Ian. But I will agree with you on this, Ian. If you ever, I mean, I don't know if you'd go as far as I would, but yes, I do agree with you. If your girl cheats with a guy, especially, well, it has to be a guy you don't know. If it's a guy you know, that's fucked up, you know? Yeah. I mean, I still regret doing that to you, but, you know, I won't talk about yeah. it. Yeah, what are you going to do? Anyway, so, so what happened was, what, what I would do, this is how I would do it. I would take that guy out for a beer and thank him for letting me know that my chick cheats, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, now I would be like, you know, take him out to her beer and put a roofie in his drink and then drag him to my house and tell my girl, I know you're fucking him now, you know, we're going to wake him up, but we're having a threesome, baby, that's right, yeah. Let me set up the video camera and get the fucking, uh, what's that salt you put under, that, that, that thing you put under the nose to wake people up? Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, smelling salts. Yeah, smelling salt. yeah, man. that's why I always do that to hitchhikers. Anyway, so, yeah, I love Hitman. It's a great song. In the Blood, the next one. Man, I, I really hate Guns N' Roses chick. That bitch fucked you up. <laughs> yeah, look at me now. Yeah, yeah. back that, then, back then I wouldn't have bitch. killed the chick, but I would have dumped her. Now I'd be like, you know, I want to marry you. <laughs> no, back then you would have heard Chinese democracy and went, what's this wham-wham shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Chinese democracy, I'm telling you, man, I, I think I said in that episode, when I was like depressed over this girl and I would listen to that album, like songs like uh, Sorry and stuff like that, it's so, it's so identified with me and it really helped me a lot. That album helped me a lot to oh, become, uh, become a guy that wants to see his girlfriend get fucked. In a weird way, because they don't ever mention that in the song. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. In the Blood. Uh, it's a pretty unique tune where I have no clue what the lyrics about on this one, but I dig the vocal melodies for this. It's kind of a happy song musically with that heavy edge that keeps me interested. Usually that don't happen, actually. But this is a monumental album in many ways and, and a very, oh, sorry, a very appropriate name like Metal Church because this album is something I do bow down and pray to. Yes, another winner in the blood. What do you think? Um, in the blood. What are, this is definitely one I warmed up to. Um, first couple listens, it was kind of one of those, like, oh, a song passed. But, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, again, what keeps bringing me back to Metal Church is the music. Uh, you know, it's just such good, you know, heavy metal. And, and you know, we've mentioned it a bunch of times, though. Uh, you know, a, a, a great gap in between traditional metal and thrash and I don't know I, I just look back at it and I think about what time it came out and it makes it seem more important to me like like if I would have if I would have discovered this when it came out I think I would probably feel the same way you do you know oh, it, I, it's, I'm sure of it I mean if you were part of that crowd that thrash you know looking oh, yeah. for the heavier stuff you know you would oh, definitely yeah. love this yeah, you know, and there, there's bands that have come along since where, you know, it's kind of that feeling, uh, you, you know, but, but when, when you when you discover something as it comes out, it, it becomes part of you and part of, you know, your life experience, you know, and, you know, because 
you know, I, I'm the same way with the cock rock. There's a lot of it that I know. The, the only reason, like, I still go back to it is because of the memories attached, probably more than the music. It just takes me back somewhere, uh, you know, mentally. Uh, you know, and something like this, you know, I didn't get it at first because I don't have that history with it. And the vocals aren't something that I really care for. But as I kept going, I was like, oh, man, if I would have been your age when this came out, I would probably feel exactly the way you do. But because the music is so strong, that's why I think it's growing on me. Because the more I hear it and just try to block out those vocals, I realize there is some molten metal here. And this is a song that definitely, as I listened to it more, I was like, it went from being... Uh, this is filler to like, damn, this is a good fucking track. And uh, that's where I'm right now. But Definitely you know, warmed there, up there's to one it. thing I can say. If you were my age, you would you would still like Tammy Down's voice because my buddy Ronnie is total metal. And he loved that guy's voice. So I could totally see you even at my age back then going, what are you talking about? Tammy Down's awesome. But right, there's well, no there's no way you'd like Bang Bang <laughs> Well, no, but, but I mean, it, it is that way with some of the cock rock. There's some of the cock rock, like, I know I would love no matter what. And then there's some that I know, like, this just brings a good memory to me. You know, like, I know it's really not that good, but there's just something about it that makes me smile. I mean, there's, I, I mean, I think we can all admit that there's music that we like, that we know in our heart is not that good. But there's just something about, you know where you were when you heard it or of the memory it brings that brings you joy no matter what you know well i don't know i mean again i got i gotta stress this uh right before we did this review i went to the bathroom and took a shit and it really stunk it smelled bad so please don't don't take this as me talking about my my shit don't stink but i can't identify with something that all right this song sucks but since it's a good memory i like it but then again no you know what um no, I can't say I like it, but I do get a smile on my face when I hear Village People. I don't like it, but it does take me back to that time. Though, I do not own any Village People albums. But it brings a smile to my face. Right, but you know, but okay, I mean, because of our age differences, I'm sure there's some 70s stuff that you, you know, and, and Village People is one of them, but like, you, you gotta admit, you probably wouldn't be as into as if you weren't that age at that time. Actually, what's weird about me is that a lot of the stuff I hated as a kid, I kind of like now. Like, you know, I mean, dude, there was a time I hated ABBA. I hated right. the Bee Gees. I hated anything remotely disco. I hated I Was Made For Loving You. You know, and now I like those songs. And I don't really find, you know, especially ABBA. I mean, listen to ABBA now, and I don't really think of disco. I think of pop music perfection, like there's so much going on in that music that's like... I know. It, and it's like it's, classical to me. It, it's so funny. I cannot picture, like, like knowing your attitude, your attitude towards music and yeah. stuff. There's certain bands. And, 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 you know, we have a lot of, you know, common stuff that we love. Like, we both love the Beatles. You know, we both love Pink Floyd. Stuff like, stuff like that. Yeah. But even I can't imagine you, like, enjoying... Uh, Ab, I can't imagine you loving Letters to Cleo. I mean, that really yeah. blows my mind. And that's even more mind-blowing because that came out, out when I was already an adult. Oh, oh, right. But, I mean, there's just something that clicked with you. And yeah. 
And, and as long as something clicks with you, that's, I mean, as long as it's not Sammy Hagar. But, you, you know, know. But, but I'll tell you this, man. If you really dig deep into Letters of Cleo, they are, you hear a lot of cheap trick in their music. They are very cheap trickish. You know, they, they do have a lot of that pop, power pop element to their heavier songs that I, I mean, I don't know if you get into it because it is a chick singer. But, you know. Oh, I, I love that one song, but that's all I know is that fucking. Uh, or, or, that, the cover of the power in the power of the sky. But she is. And I gotta admit, I do find the song catchy. Yeah. But but that girl is so hot in that video with yeah. the pigtails. Oh my god. I mean, that that's one for the spank bank right there. Dude, let me tell you something. That girl now, if you were to give me a list of chicks I'd want, it'd be Kay Hanley and. Uh, Oh, what's her face from from porn? I forgot her name already. <laughs> um, uh, uh, oh, Casey I, Cox. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Casey I, Cox and Kay Hanley are the two my two top chicks of all time. Nice. You know, when I was a kid, it was Valerie Bertinelli. Oh yeah. But yeah, and she's still hot. And, and you know, Valerie Bertinelli blew up, and then she lost all that weight. She's she's yes. start, she's starting to get fat again. And she's yes. still cute as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I got a feeling she's a dirty girl too. I don't know about that, dude. Well, you know, she's... you know, she, she she put out a she put out a book uh, a few years ago, where she's talking about hey, she got her groove on while she was married to Eddie too, because she said okay. she said she said she knew he was fucking around on her, so she said fuck it, I'm gonna go get mine. Well, so she yeah, she but fucking I'm, sure, around. I'm sure she she was cheating on him, but she just laid there. I don't know. I get that impression from her. But whatever. I, I mean, that's why I want, you know, I'm not 100% sure of Kay Alley, but boy, Casey Cox, I've seen her fucking gargle like 10 dicks at the same time. My kind of woman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and like that. Uh, but, uh, but, and <laughs> Beep! <laughs> yeah, I gotta get the beep in there. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put two beeps in that one. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, um, yeah, Kay Hanley. I'm telling you, man, a lot of that uh, Letters of Cleo stuff, it reminds me of Cheap Trick. It's the same type of power pop. and, and I just, Right, well, I mean, well even, even that for somebody who's like, you know, the thrash lord. I yeah. mean, you you love power pop. I do. That's, you know, and, 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 and that's kind of like... Uh, how I am with the cock rock. I mean, it, it, it that shit's like power pop because it's not metal. Yeah. You know, you know, it's it's not metal. You know, let's, let's be honest here. You know, there's nothing metal about any of those bands. Arguments but, but, about but, that too. You, you know, I don't. Uh, I, I mean, even look at look at fucking uh, you know Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Is closer to fucking faster pussycat than it is Iron Maiden. Of course. Let's be honest. Yeah, no, it's it's rock and roll. Yeah, you, you know it, it's, but it, it was dressed up as metal. It was sold as metal, the same way like when fucking Nelson came along. Nelson, you know, th there was nothing metal about Nelson, but they had long hair. Everybody in the band looked metal. It's the same as Bon Jovi. That's not metal. And that shit but was it, on. That shit was sold as metal because it was on yes. the ball. And it was all about the look, you know. Yeah, terrible. All, all right. right. Uh, the next song is my favorite nightmare, which is my favorite track on here, and it has been since day one. 
I love that intro where the drumsticks are hitting like the rim of the drums. <laughs> that little ticky sound, which is cool. It's such a killer sound that I'm amazed I don't hear it in more songs. And it's just a smoking track. It's just perfect that when it goes into the middle section to the end, it's even better. And it, and I, I don't understand how that can be because the beginning is so perfect. How, how the fuck can, is it even possible to make it even better on the second part? But, but yes, it is. This song is impossibly amazing. That's my opinion on my favorite nightmare. All right, well, my favorite nightmare. Great riff ruined by Crypt Keeper vocals. Uh, I, I really like this musically. But, uh, man, once that guy starts singing, I don't know. Like I said, it's too fucking Middle-earth metal to me. But this could change. Like I said, uh, you know, I, I can't think, actually, of, a, of an album we've done where I've changed my opinion more than I've changed on this album. Because uh, at first I was like, this is really bad. Uh, but I, I've really come along, and, you know, there could be... It, you know, if I keep keep listening to Metal Church and checking them out, uh, change my opinion. But a, as of right now, I love it musically, just not uh, vocally. All right. Uh, why don't you take the next one? All right. Uh, man, this is one of my favorites. This is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I would have to say third right now. An unfair third, because that, that's with the title track and Merciless Onslaught being tied for a second, Gods of Wrath being number one. But uh, I really like Battalions. And this is one, uh, even, you know, on first listen, I was like, okay, you can't bitch, this is a good song. Uh, I, I really, I, I really like this. This is uh, just, just pure fucking metal. And I can definitely see the attraction uh, to this one. And you know, and I really think I need to. I need to stick to. Uh, I need to stick to this band, and invest more time. And I need to check out the other albums because I have like a lot of albums by these guys. I know uh, this singer only sings on this one in dark, and uh, there's another one they did called Masterpiece or yeah, something I, like I'd that. Yeah, I like to call it Masterpiece of shit. What a oh, terrible, it, terrible album. Oh, oh, you don't like it, huh? Oh, I, I hate it. Well, you may like it. Though. Uh, I mean, what don't you like about it? I think the production sucks. I think the songs are weak. And uh, I don't like his voice on it. But oh. he does redeem himself with his next release, which is my pick of the week. We'll get to that later. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Battalions, uh, Battalions, man, I, I, I dig it. Good song. What do you think? Yeah, uh, yet another winner that just keeps the motor revved to full throttle. Melodic in spots, but metal throughout. Um, I can't really get into this one without sounding like what I said about In the Blood, where it sounds nothing uh, like that song, but um, I, I, I would explain it the same way. I love the twin guitar attack solo on this song, and yeah, it's another winner that just makes this album just perfect to me. Now, I would like to go last on the last track, if you don't mind. Okay. All right, well, I'll go on it now. Uh, why? Why, why, why? Oh, my God. Uh, 
I'm I'm of two minds on covers. I I, I love covers if they're done right. Um, uh, and and I'm even weird on that. Sometimes I want it to be like, don't fuck with it because it's perfect. And other times I'm like, well, don't do it unless you bring something new to it. But one thing I can almost universally agree on is don't do a fucking hit. Do a deep cut, you know? Uh, do not do a song I'm already sick of by a band I love. And I am so fucking sick of Highway Star. I mean, I seriously never need to... The only way I'd want to hear Highway Star again is if, like, every like living member of Deep Purple, you know, that recorded was on stage. Uh, there's... Oh... God, you know, it's like, this is like covering rock and roll all night or fucking paranoid. Why, why do Highway Star? And I think this is uh, like really sticks out as a sore thumb on this album. Uh, and I'm not saying that they do a horrible job per se, but it's just like, why? Why? Uh, this definitely definitely my least favorite on the album and uh, I don't feel it belongs here at all. What do you think, Ralph? Well, I, I, I was hoping you'd say that, actually, because um, now here is a track that back in the day, because, you know, this was pre-CD when I owned this album, I would turn it off. Because I think I heard Highway Star maybe once or twice back then, and I was like, this is, <laughs> this is fucking garbage. Why the fuck are you not only covering this song, but actually, you know, where the fuck is the iconic Blackmore solo? You know, what right. the fuck, you know? And I would just shut it off. Album ended for me with Battalions. I found this to be blasphemous because it does not stick to the original, which I don't mind when they, when they, when they go off the grid and do something different about it. Right. But it just seems these guys are just not talented enough to match the awesome musicianship of Deep Purple when it comes to this song. I mean, their songs they can play, believe it or not, I don't think Deep Purple can do justice to like In the Black or My Favorite Nightmare because there's just two different type of bands. Right. And, uh, but I have to ask you a question, Ian. Who sure. is the guy that asked to review this album? Daniel Lee. Daniel Lee. I want to thank you, my friend. Because of you, I went back and listened to Highway Star, and I fucking love it now. And I'll tell you why I love it. And maybe you will love it in the future, Ian, because on my first listens, I hated it. And I haven't listened to this in like 30 years. Because every time I listen to this album, I never put on Highway Star. Okay. Well, well, let, let me say something before you go much further. I, I will say this. Only the first time I listened to this album... Did I play Highway Star? The other four times, I stopped at Battalions. You are just like me, dude. You are just like me. <laughs> I may have heard it twice. Maybe there was one time I was too fucked up to put to take the needle off. But I'm telling you, man, I would always turn this off. I listened to it uh, uh, like twice in a row. I mean, uh, when we were going to review this album, I was like, all right, you know, let me hear Highway Star so I can get a new refreshing uh, take on why this sucks, you know? And I'm not like you, dude. I can listen to Highway Star anytime. I never get bored of that song. It's the uh, ultimate driving song for me. 
and uh, that and you know ABBA. And anyway, so <laughs> oh, 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 hold on, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm sorry to cut you off. It was a joke. But but this this is something I gotta bring up because I have to shame this guy. And <laughs> we're talking about Justin Childers. It's not hard to shame him. Yeah. He said White Lion's version of Radar Love is better than Golden Ears. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, um, uh, Night Demon does it. Yeah, and it's, I wouldn't say it's better than Golden Demon, but damn, it's better than White Lion, that's for sure. Oh my what? god, he's a funny dude. White Lion. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, back to Highway Star. Um, can you imagine White Lion doing this? <laughs> oh god. Wait. All right. So, um, <laughs> when the highway star cries, <laughs> let them know we tried. And that's another nasally voice I can't stand. Oh. Imagine if Mike Tramp looked like David Wayne. Oh God! Justin hey, I, I, Childers I, I, I would not be talking about White Line. Two bands that I get so sick of hearing people saying, "But the guitar play was really good." Yeah. Is fucking extreme and White Line. Yep. I could give a shit. That's, no, no, Fuck no. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. A lot of those hair metal bands had amazing guitar players. Oh, a yeah, but I'm, I'm so sick of hearing about Nuno Bentcourt and fucking Vito Brada. Yeah. Fuck both, because those, those bands were fucking horrible. And, like, Andy Timmons. I saw Andy Timmons open up for Uli John Roth. Okay, the guy's talented. Danger, dangerous, fucking shitty, shitty. You know, agree, this, is coming, this is coming from a guy that likes cock rock. I, I, I can't even come up with an apology for Danger Danger. You know what's a great way to sum it up? It's like a guy that has a huge cock, but he can't get it hard. How's that? Ain't that a great way to put it? Why Why you gotta bring me up? Because <laughs> you do a lot of blow. Oh, yeah, no. Anyway, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, Highway Star, dude. I love... Their version now. Of course, it's not as good as the original. Nobody can do it better than Deep Purple. But what they do, they make it into a metal church song. They do keep some elements, like, you know, of course, the melody is that, but it's sped up, and then the solos are so different. And, you know, how Deep Purple has the organ solo and then the guitar solo. Right. This one has, like, two guitar solos that are just so fucking ripping. The first one's so ripping, and the second one's even more ripping. But it doesn't have that iconic Blackmore solo, which turned me off to this song back in the day. Just don't fuck with this song if you don't do. If you don't do that shit, you don't do that, fuck you. But I gotta say, thank you, Daniel Lee, because you opened my eyes that this is actually a smoking cover that they did do different. They made it Metal Church. Uh, of course, again, I must stress, no, it's not as good as the original. Nothing. Well, I mean, especially if, you know, you grew up with many years of Highway Star, you know, nothing can beat. I don't think anybody can do a Deep Purple cover better than Deep Purple. Doesn't well, I, 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 I will tell you this, uh, based on what you just said, the next time, because I, I am going to put this on my phone, because I think this is something I do need to give more attention to. I will listen to the Highway Star and try to keep what you said in mind and try to keep an open mind. 
Yeah, that because that's what I did because I love this album so much. I was like, all right, let me hear this shitty cover. I remember it being shitty, and I heard right. it, and I was like, whoa! It really did take me back. Going, dude, I love what they do to it. They just made it different, you know. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I will still say, I mean, I only heard it twice, and it blew my mind. But I still will say the rest of the album is better. So if I was to pe- pick my least favorite, it would be Highway Star, and I think it will always be Highway Star because. It will take me maybe 30 years to fig- to maybe say, okay, this one's better than In the Blood or something. But that ain't going to happen. I'm just, this this album is in my DNA. And, uh, yeah, I love it. So that's it. That's our review for All right. Church. Well, uh, a, a few facts here. This was released July 4th, 1984 on Ground Zero Records. Was uh, it? Uh, you know, when I bought it, it was Electra. Yeah, well, I'm getting to that. was released July 4th on Ground Zero Records. Metallica, specifically Lars Ulrich, went to Elektra and said, you need to sign this band before somebody else does. And so Elektra signed them based on Metallica's recommendation, and Elektra released it in 1985. The album was produced by Metal Church and one of my favorite producers of all time, Mr. Terry Date. Uh, it made it to number 752 on the Billboard Top 200. Yes, not a lot of people bought this album, but it is held in high regard. And uh, it, this is definitely something I'm going to give more of a chance to. And uh, so, so, pretty, so, so, so large, large, pretty much like. A... Gave, gave uh, like took a lot of money away from Electra because they they probably poured a lot of money into this and yeah didn't make nothing off it. Good going, Lars. Yeah, and I I think Electra Electra dumped them uh, after the third album after Blessing in Disguise didn't sell. But uh, <laughs> hey, uh, you know as much as everybody loves to fucking uh, shit all over Lars, if you're a Metal Church fan. Uh, you know, they probably never would have got on a major label or even made it this far if it wasn't for uh, Metallica's belief in him. So I there bet, you go. I bet every time Lars went to Electra, hey, sign this man. Get the fuck out of here, you fucking bitches. Yeah, yeah, after this. Uh, now, there is a bonus track that was released on the European Oh, really? Edition. What is it, The Dark? Uh, no, it's called Big Guns. Oh, yes, yes, I know that song. Yeah, it's, and, uh, it's another good song. It doesn't and, really fit this album, though. Right. And it's on some of their earlier demos, but yeah, that's on the European edition. Uh, but there you go. Uh, like I said, produced by Metal Church and Terry Date, also engineered by Terry Date, who would go on to become one of my favorite producers of all time. Uh, and there you go. You got a uh, pick of the week there, brother? I sure do. Uh, all right. And, and it is very much connected to this. It's actually the sequel to this album. Um, after they reunited with David Wayne and did that horrible album, Masterpiece, um, David Wayne went and released an album called Metal Church. Yes, by Wayne. Oh, my God. This album, it even has a sequel to my favorite song on the album, my favorite Nightmare Part 2. Right, Nightmare it, Part 2, yeah. Yeah, Nightmare Part 2. And, it, and there's other songs on here that have, like, kind of sequel elements. The actual even album cover is the same picture, but like an overview where you see the house behind it. Right. It's you know if you were to like cut that little piece where the guitar is, that's the album cover. And right. uh, oh my god! And I can't remember if you don't mind, let me look it up because this guy 
is a phenomenal. And I, I can't remember his name. I got because I got, I've looked into this guy. I, I've, I've got it right here. All right, asked the, the guitar player. There's two guitar players, Jimmy you. Bell and Greg Wells. Then it's Jimmy Bell. That what, what else? Because I saw Jimmy Bell once. Yeah, it's it's David Wayne on vocals, Jimmy Bell and Greg Wells on guitars. Click, click on Jimmy Bell, see what else he played with, because I saw him live. It, it, they, they, they don't have anything else listed for him. You wow. can't click on his name. Well, uh, I, did, I did meet B, him once, and he's phenomenal. BJ Zap, Zampa on drums and Mark Franco on bass. Yeah, well, anyway. Yeah, so... Uh, and this was released on Nuclear Blast, so people should still be able to get this. Yeah, so I would highly recommend anybody that loves this album. It's the part two to Metal Church. And it caused a lot of controversy with uh, the band members. They were really mad that they were winning. For right. releasing this, uh, the past members were super pissed at them because of this. And I believe this is the last thing Wayne ever recorded. Or released he, he, he covers a song that I love that you hate. <laughs> well, what song was that again? Uh, the last song is a cover of Mississippi Queen. Oh, that's out. right. Yeah, and again, it's nothing to write on about. But hey, maybe I should listen to it again. Yeah, you never know. Mm -hmm. I, I tell you, uh, another one I love. I love Wasp's cover of Mississippi Queen. Terrible. I thought it was really good. Ah, but Skelter, I, Skelter. Right? I, I, is that the I, one that I, does that at the end? Yeah, I love this. I love the song though. And you don't like the song. Yeah, I hate that song. And Ozzy covered it on his horrible covers album. To me, it's like Born to Be Wild, two songs I never want to hear ever again. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I, I'm with you. I'm Born to Be Wild, but I never get tired of Mississippi Queen. And I want to. And that's one band I don't know much about, and I've heard so much good things about Mountain. And that one song just turns me up. I gotta look into Mountain because they are very uh, uh Mr. X has has a good collection of Mountain. All Maybe right. he could. Yeah. All right, hook me up then, Ian. Uh, I mean, Mr. Axwell. <laughs> that cat's out of the bag. So ah, gotta, shit. You gotta get deep thrown on. I'm going to jail. <laughs> I'm ready to go to jail. Alright, what's your shit of the week? I mean, pick of the week. Alright, my pick of the week um, is a band that you made me go back and uh, look on, and I'm so glad you did. And this album in particular. And it's Armored Saints, Symbol of Salvation. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, like Black Sabbath, I flip-flop on my favorite album. Sometimes that, that takes the top spot. At uh, the moment, it don't, but it does at times. Man, this is one, uh, again, Armored Saint, a band I, I'd always heard of, I'd seen ads for, and I just, I, if they did show a video, I must have fucking missed it. Uh, and I love everything that he did with uh, with Anthrax, uh, but man, you know when when you talk me into you know like digging more into Armored Saint. Uh, as much as I love March of the Saint, I'd have to say my favorite album is Symbol of Salvation. I think there's not a bum track on it. It's the uh, most musical album too. It's the one with the most shades. Oh yeah, it's awesome and. There is an amazing, amazing Metal Blade anniversary oh, yeah. edition. Oh, if you yeah. get it. It's it's three discs that has demos and interviews With and all David kinds Pritchard, of David Pritchard, the late David Pritchard. Is yes, yes, that that is the one. If you can find that, uh, man, definitely you know you go on Amazon or Discog, see if you can get that anniversary edition. If you can't, just call me. 
and I'll put you in touch with Mr. X, and he'll send it to you. Because you talk to yourself. It's a shut up. It's a, it's it's a one worth having. Um, and and man, what an incredible metal album! Totally uh, made me change my. Well, I didn't really have an opinion because I didn't know him, but it made me go back and like, wow, I missed something here with this band. And you know, who knew I I could end up being that way with Metal Church. But uh, you, you know, as you know, we're discussing this type of situation. I totally recommend. Even if you know some armor and saint, you're like, eh, it didn't really do anything for me. Check out this album in particular, then get back to me. Yes, if I you highly recommend it. And yeah. yeah, don't buy the the single version. Get the and it brings a really great interview too. Yeah, yeah, really cool interviews. Yeah, but yeah, awesome. uh, Armored Saint, Symbol of Salvation, that is my pick of the week. Uh, awesome pick. Huh? All right. Well, now we go to Fan of the Week, and Fan of the Week is the man that donated $40 to the Rockin' Pod Expo oh, yes. that uh, to pick this up. I'm talking about Daniel Lee from Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Hey, I'm and, going up tour there in November, Daniel. Yeah, so... So Show make, up so I can give you a big kiss on the lips for, for making me listen to Highway Star again. Exactly. I'll this man, the song, too. This I will man, rape you. He once ate a dingo who ate a baby. Oh, really? Yeah, he is a tough son of a bitch. He's a big boy. Uh, his, his favorite actors are Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. I love them yeah. both. Sylvester Stallone so, is one of my favorite actors. So so, so there you go. And uh, I think Sylvester Stallone is a great actor. Fuck with people. Daniel Lee, uh, we thank you so much, not only for your awesome... Uh, contribution to the expo, uh, you know, you know, but just for being a fan of the show yeah. and a loyal listener, and uh, you know, I, I see you on the Facebook page, and I'm not sure if you've been a fan of the week yet already. Uh, I'm sorry if you haven't, but if you have, you, you truly deserve it twice. Yep. This is what we're doing right now, uh, you know, as we're running this fundraiser for the expo. All the episodes we recorded before are all going to the back burner. From this point on, every episode you hear is going to be ones that people donated either $40, 60 or $100 for. Now, what Daniel did was donate 40 where he gets to pick the album, uh, a hard rock or a metal album. For 60 you get to do the same but be on the episode. And for 100 you can pick it be on it, and it can be from any genre. It doesn't have to be rock or metal. But uh, Daniel did the $40 donation, and man, that $40 is a lot of money, dude. I ain't fucking sneezing at that. That's an awesome donation. Yes, we, thank, we thank you, brother. You are a true uh, friend. I, I wish you could make it to uh, to the expo. I understand, you know, living in Australia, man, that, that would be a plane ticket and a half, but that's what makes your donation even more awesome is you know you can't make it to this thing most likely but you still love the show so much that you did this and that is incredible brother uh we appreciate you so so fucking much thank you daniel lee thank you thank you thank you and mwah. yes uh, now he's man. not gonna go see us in australia god damn it. <laughs> you homophobe <laughs> all right let's go to the plugs all right, Kiss Army. 
Since 2007, you've been getting Podkissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your Podkissed. Every month, the Podkissed crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great KISS fun. Hi, this is Ray Sprayle, and you're listening to Podkissed. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey, everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Earpillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. <laughs> Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sims Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's. Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watch It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. All right, well, if you enjoyed this very religious episode of Metal Church. Come back next week where the album is picked by superfan Renee Sorensen. What's it gonna be? I'll never fucking tell but it's a fan picked episode and I guarantee you will love it. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs>